This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, man, we are hitting the doubleheader of technologically savvy members of the insurance suit community. CJ Hudson Pillar with Hudson Pillar Insurance in the great state of Tennessee. What's up, man? What's up? How's it going? Good. We had Uncle Ron on earlier. Uh oh. Uncle Ron's always sitting on the couch with Uncle Ron is always an experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy, man. I told him I like I don't I don't get to talk to him frequently enough. It's like twice within a week, actually. I saw him when I was in Dallas last week, so it was fun to be able to have dinner with him and Brad. Um, yeah, and he's a, shop he's, a, a uh, he's a secret SEO ninja that a lot of people don't don't realize how good he is at SEO. Well, you just gave him a lot of credibility, so everybody will have heard his episode exactly a week between when his dropped and your drop based on how we're recording. Oh. And he talked about it and was very modest about it, but he oh, talked he, to- he's he's totally lying. He is very good. <laughs> yeah. He talked a little bit, you know, about his neighbor who taught him everything he knew and then he got to meet with the guy that was like what what do you say Kyle like the head of SEO for Google or something yeah, like that. He just like casually dropped. He's like, "Yeah, I was just yeah, I had this little meeting. It was a guy who, you know, he used to be involved with Google, like Sergey Brin, Sergey Brin is his name. It's like saying, yeah. you know, I'm, he probably I'm, didn't learn shit from that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing. I'm dealing with a little bit of a political problem right now, so I <laughs> got my friend Billy Clinton to come in as an advisor <laughs> to help me navigate. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, it's funny to listen to. But anyhow, yeah. CJ, before we get cranked up, man, why don't you uh, give everybody sort of your backstory and. Where you, where you, how you got in the insurance industry? You know, what are you, what are your interests? We did talk about your wife and her barrel racing on the last on the episode <laughs> with with Ron too. We that that did come up, and we were very complimentary because she could kick my rear end. There's no doubt in my mind. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell people my wife is notably cooler than me. But yeah, so so uh, CJ, <laughs> we we have an we have an agency here in right outside Nashville in Mount Juliet, uh, Tennessee. Uh, it's a family agency. Uh, my mom started it in 1992. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to buy the agency from her uh, at the beginning of this year. Um, so she was able to uh, retire after 
I think it was 44 years in insurance uh, since wow. like 1978, I think it was. So uh, she had been doing it for, for a hot minute. Um, so I was able to uh, purchase the agency from her, but we are a um, opposite of David Carruthers type agency. We are 90% personal lines. Um, so we do do a ton of personal lines. I see David shaking his head now. Oh my no, God. You know, it's funny though, because that's the beauty of what we do, right? You do it really, really well. Like if I wanted to be a personal lines agency, just seeing how you operate from afar, that's exactly what I would want it to be. I'm just too far down the road. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you for that. So anyway, but yeah, so we are, we're 90% personal lines. I like to call ourselves the most technologically advanced insurance agency in Tennessee. I don't know if that's actually true. I'm not sure you, there's a way to uh, give a metric for that, but that's allowed us to uh, to have a lot of fun over the last few years. Um, and so um, we play with all the f- shiny new toys all the time. And you built some too, right? Yeah, built built a, built a couple. Um, I'm a I'm a big chatbot nerd. Um, I love love chatbots. I uh, got into that. They came out on the Facebook platform. Don't quote me on this. I'm thinking. 18, 17, 18, something like that. Uh, when That's Facebook started right. allowing chatbots there, we got really into that. Um, I ended up winning. They had a contest uh, at the time. Now, obviously, there wasn't as many people doing it then, so the competition was less. But I ended up you know, getting second in the, the world uh, on chatbot design. I had a, a bot that would uh, quote and sell life insurance. And that subsequently uh, let my insurance company find out that I was doing it and they freaked out. It was a whole thing. It was good good times. Good times. (laughs) You know, it's funny, man, because I, you know, I don't talk about it ever on the podcast, but I I have an e-commerce business that's a portfolio of websites. And I can tell you when Messenger opened up and allowed chatbots to engage and then you know, Shopify had multiple options inside of their marketplace where you could go in and build it into your CRM or however you were going to do it. The open rate on an instant messenger campaign versus an email campaign. If you look at it, people would think you were lying and the click throughs are equally as high as a multiple. It's unfathomable how like, and especially like now people have gotten more used to it, but especially in like the early days when they first came out and it was all still new. I mean, you can do, um, I mean, there's sponsored message campaigns where, you know, we generate leads for 15 cents a piece. <laughs> I mean, yes. like just, and this is not, not all that long ago. I mean, we're talking, you know, 2019, probably 2020, somewhere early 2020, somewhere in there. It just allows you to do, a lot of like really creative things um, in on the marketing side. So I know that I'll give you an example. Like I know you guys are a, a big uh, Bradley Flowers fan, as am I. And uh, during COVID, um, I don't I, I don't really know if it was as big of a thing on the commercial side, but like on the personal side, um, you know, you had all these insurance carriers that were like giving out these refunds. You remember that? The, yeah, had all, had all those refunds. No, so it was, like, it well, was happening can, on the commercial side too. It was sure. okay. I say I, I don't play over there as much, but so basically, Bradley came to me with an idea, and he's like, "Hey, dude, you should build a chatbot that is a COVID refund calculator." And so, essentially, what we did was we built out a quick I'm little out, database. I'm out. That is like the most Bradley Flowers thing ever, right <laughs> there. Like you, that you can't get more Bradley than that. Period. Yeah, it was. It was perfect. He has one of those ideas every day. And he was, you know, and it was great because what we did is, is he had the idea. I built out the the functionality of it. And essentially what it did was 
we went out there and just found, you know, State Farm is giving back X and Farmers is doing Y or whatever it was. We built a, a quick little database. And so then what we were able to do is we were run, able to run ads. And these ads were like, hey, your insurance company is going to give you a refund. Click here to find out how much. So everyone clicked it. Um, so our, our costs were extremely low. And essentially what they were giving us is they were giving us their name, made us give them their phone number, the state that they were in, the carrier they were with, how much they pay and when they pay. And then the bot would do its little thing. But on the back end, we now have a list of all their names, what they pay, when they pay, who they pay, you know, all the things. So it was a really, really cool campaign. But like bots allow you to do things like that. And you just can't do it with traditional. I mean, you could build a website or something to do it. But chatbots are just a little more agile. I think it wouldn't take you as long to build it out. Well, and if they're done right, it's real time. So it's conversational and it's natural for people to give you that information. I think the people, maybe not as much today, because I think LinkedIn has really screwed the pooch with what they allow people to get away with over there um, with the chatbot stuff. But, you know, back then people still weren't 100% sure whether or not they were talking to a person or they were talking to a bot, number one. And it's not like you're asking for the farm. I think that if you have somebody go to a website, this is my own personal bias, obviously, but you're not going to get an you're not going to get them to fill out a long form. And if you have a form that's too short, then it's going to be like, oh, they just want my email. It, it, like there's there's a science to how you build it to get the information you want. And that's I don't I want I'm not saying it's overly complicated, it, it, but it it you have to know what you're doing to build a bot. And there's that takes that whole thought process and makes it completely different because now it's even even faster, more real time conversation that you're having. And you know, you get one shot with most people. That's the only reason wow. why I put my middle initial in my first name field on LinkedIn because I know as soon as I get a message from somebody that says David R, it's out. It's hundred percent automated. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I actually took an, I have another buddy who did it with a middle finger emoji in his first name. And that way, every but I actually responded to a lady from a marketing company last week or two last week or the week before and said, sorry, I don't deal with marketing automations, Try, do better, you know? And so she yeah. actually took the time and recorded a voice message on LinkedIn and said, listen, you know, I get it. You know, I understand blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm going to take a meeting with her because she actually figured it out. Right. Right. 100%. And I told her, I told her the thing. I'm like, that's, you actually just took a page out of my, my first book because I talk about why you should be leaving voicemails on LinkedIn. They're far more powerful than just, you know, interacting with people through message that way. But um, hmm. man, it's crazy. And, and the thing like everything else, I'm sure that environment's changed dramatically. We actually were talking about that a little bit ago with Ron. I mean, I remember, you know, back in the days, Facebook algorithm, what algorithm? You put it up, everybody saw it. You had a page and posted yeah. it, everybody saw it. You had a group, everybody saw it. We made a ton of money outside of the insurance community just off of that because we knew how to build an audience, you know, but my wife and I. And so, then you know algorithm changes pages don't get as much of a view as they used to then they start sponsored posts and boost you know boosting posts and all that whatever you know what 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 are you seeing on the horizon now i mean with all those changes man you know i think uh right now it's 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 a tough place to be i 
one of these social platforms. Because like, how do you keep up, right? What's real, what's not real is kind of this, is kind of a, I, I think something that is going to separate a lot of marketers now is like, all right, so you have AI, right? So you have the ability to create just an unfathomable scale of content, right? So now, you know, yes, you've got an algorithm affecting things, but also now you're going to have more content in there, which means that if you're not getting seen now, you're definitely not going to get seen going forward. And there's just, there's just a lot um, as far as on the horizon, um, you know, for me, um, I, I play, I still play where I like to play, man. I, I'm a messenger is my spot. <laughs> so I like to, I like to stay in my lane, if you will, uh, will there. And it's just about driving traffic there and having meaningful conversations with people and giving, you know, an opportunity for them to connect. Um, you know, cause all, all chatbots are, is like architecture, being a conversation architect, if you will. Right. Everybody I, I know in insurance talks about how they have, you know, they have scripts and people follow these. Chatbots do exactly the same thing, but the difference is, is that they're able to be scaled. And so that's where, you know, I really like to play in that is because I can build out what I would say to a customer and give myself the ability to send, you know, 22,000 messages a second if I so chose. Um, so that's that's the the lane that we play in and I'm I'm doubling down on it. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting too, because there's a, I don't feel like with, with, in, in, I'm saying this without any education whatsoever. So you can walk all over what I'm about to say, and I'm not going to be even remotely offended by it, but it doesn't seem like the rules that apply to email marketing and things, it doesn't seem like it's as stringent with the chat bots. Like you're not, you don't have, I'm sure people can market as spam and all of that, but my biggest concern always has been with email marketing and things. You get enough people who vote negatively for your content, you're blacklisted, man, and your deliverability goes way down. How how did I mean it feels like to me chatbots have better deliverability, better open rates, better click-through rates. Is that the case or is it just a perception that I have that's that's completely wrong? I mean, I understand that you can't hammer somebody to market to them no matter what you're doing, but it doesn't seem like it's as strict with operating on social that way as it is if you're operating over email. Yeah. And, you know, the, the big thing with email and, you know, I've actually done this myself accidentally <laughs> in the past when I didn't really know what I was doing. But like the other thing you got to think about with cold email is burning that domain. Right. I mean, you got, you know, if you've got your, your primary domain you know, tied to an email, like you just affected everyone in your office, you know, that, that's at that domain. So that's problematic. But yeah, on, on the like the Facebook Messenger side. Um, what people don't realize is behind the scenes, a chatbot operates very similarly to an email campaign. Um, when somebody messages with your page for the first time, whatever that reason is, you know, if it's they, they actually sent your page a message or they responded to an ad or whatever, once they message your page, Facebook requires a double opt-in. And so what that means is um, they clicked your ad, that's opt-in number one, your page sends them a message that's automated and they respond, that's opt-in two. And once they've opted in twice, they become what's called a subscriber. And they are a subscriber until they delete you, basically. <laughs> um, and so, so you can do a lot of really cool stuff with that from a Facebook ads perspective. Um, do you guys ever do anything with custom audiences? I have in the past, yeah. Yeah, so I'll give you an example of what a, something that a chatbot can do that is very difficult to, to do any other way. 
Um, let's say you, let's say you're hosting an event. I don't know if you guys do them, but I know a lot of agents out there do uh, events at you know the park or they're at a, some sort of vendor event, right? Mm-hmm. And typically, what do you see agents do at those events? They have a fishbowl with some names, and you drop a business card or you write your stuff down, and you get you win a prize, right? Well, the problem with that is now as an agent. I have all this data that I'm, let's be real. Most agents don't do anything with Ain't anything and, happening with those business cards, man. There's, there's <laughs> nothing happening because they entered four of them into their CRM. And then they're like, you know what? This is a lot. I'm, I'm good. You know, whatever. Or they get a uh, phone call and just totally forgot about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It, they're not doing anything with, with, with that. Yeah. Um, and then it just becomes really, it becomes a waste of time for agents and then they get frustrated. So what we do like putting a digital spin on a traditional marketing play is you can then have those people instead of entering entering that way, you have them scan a QR code. They enter enter through a chatbot. They scan the QR code. Chatbot starts the conversation with them. Goes through, gets all their information that they would normally give you to enter the contest. Well, a couple of things have happened there. The first thing is is that they've all become subscribers, so I can send sponsored messages and things to them later. Great. The second thing that's happened is I now have their uh, Facebook page IDs. And their messenger user IDs. And for those of you at home that don't know what those do, that allows me to run super targeted ads to those specific users, right? So let me give you an example. We are the progressive agent for the Nashville Progressive Boat Show, right? And so we're at in the progressive booth. People come by, we're giving away a prize. They're, they're scanning it. Well, all of those people that scan that QR code are now also simultaneously getting Facebook ads from me talking about boat insurance. Right. And they'll typically start up. Hey, I'm the guy you met at the progressive boat show and you scan the card to try to win the, the jersey. What does that do? Makes my video, the amount of time people view my videos go way up because they go, oh, that is that guy. Holy crap. How, how is he doing that? I'm that weird. Like, how does Facebook do it? That's how it's very easy. <laughs> so it, dude, stuff like that. And then, of course, you also get some other metrics on people as soon as they become subscribers, um, some different things. But um, just a a better way to do a traditional marketing piece. That makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. I, no, I was wondering how that, how that would work. I mean, so it, it all starts with the advertisement and they have to interact with it first versus you, I guess. Uh, when I think of a chat bot, I think of like, when I go, when, when I'm on, let's say like I'm, I'm buying some shoes on Nike or something like that. And I, sure. I log into my Nike app and it pops up and it's like, well, what can I help you find today or whatever? But that's, that's obviously a different, um, that that's a different situation than what we're talking about here. Yeah, because because insurance is different because that's more of like an e-commerce use case, right? right? Whereas where we are technically could be considered e-commerce businesses, it's a little different um, mm. than just selling selling shoes. When right? you have so a shopping cart, that, that yeah, when you have a shopping cart on your site, that changes how you market to people dramatically because you're trying to get them to finish the transaction they're currently involved in, make sure they have no questions. And as soon as they leave and they left that crap in their cart, now you're running cart abandonment campaigns, whether it be on messenger or email right. or whatever else, trying to get them to go back and buy whatever it is mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, most of the time anymore, man, I think they've gotten smart to it now. Cause I've not seen it happen a while, but if I knew I was going to buy something, I would just go stick it in my cart, leave it in my cart, wait for three instant messages. And I'd have a coupon code to save yeah, me. another. Exactly. For sure. 100%. Yeah. So just the, the way you have to have to approach that is different uh, on the insurance side. Um, but so basically the way I look at it is 
always do some sort of lead magnet that gets them in there that's not always insurance related. And then I hit them with the insurance piece later. That's kind of the, the way that, that I've always attacked it. So in, in that use case, they visited our booth at an event. They scanned a QR code. Now, okay, cool. They did that to enter to win, you know, whatever prize we were doing. But now I've also got a segmented audience of, okay, these people are interested enough in watercraft that they went to a show about watercraft. Now Mm -hmm. I'm going to bombard those people with watercraft related advertising. Yeah. And so when you do that, I don't want to get too much under the hood, man, because we need to all maintain some level of our, our, you know, secret sauce to a certain degree. So if I'm overstepping, tell me, I'm not going to be offended by that, but I, I look at it this way, you know, you have the ability to not just to know that they went to the boat show, but in conversation, if you create that correctly, you can find out why they were there. What kind of a boat were they looking for? Are they, are they into skiing? Are they into fishing? And the reason why I bring that up is because if you then take your ad, your, your ad strategy and you move it over to doing YouTube ads or whatever else you can get on the appropriate channels with your, to, to know who you're getting to that way w- without having to guess, right? Like I, I don't ever want to advertise on the channel for where people would expect me to advertise. If that makes like, I don't want an insurance channel. I'm not, I don't want to have an insurance channel where people come and then I put ads on, on an insurance channel. I would rather if I'm dealing with, um, you know, something like this, I'd rather have the best freaking fishing channel that I could be on. And because I know that's where they're going, they're going to look at what that dude or that lady has for a boat. What's their tackle look like? What are they catching? And you get much longer watch times. Those people do. They People typically, I would imagine, tend to watch the majority of the, the show if it's an actual show. But you can just get an incredible amount of information. And it just feels to me like it's painless for the person to give it up as opposed to if you you know what a HubSpot form looks like. If, oh, yeah. if I put a HubSpot form with everything I want to know from somebody, I'm not going to get that completed. But I could get all of that same information as long as I have an engaging chat conversation going on. And I never would have gotten it another way. 100%. Let, let's, let's use this. I mean, this it's something as simple as a phone number. Right. How many people out there have web forms that somebody goes in and they fill out their info and they put the fake phone numbers in? Right. <clears throat> that for me is terrible because now you've messed up all my automation. Everything that I've been trying to do uh, was based off of making sure I have, have clean data. Well, by using chatbots, especially on like Facebook and Instagram, what we're able to do is instead of asking them for their phone number, Facebook will allow us to display the phone number that's associated with their Facebook account. Hey, is this your phone number? Yes or no, rather than them having to physically type it, right? So what you get, you get is a... Which, which, by the way, Facebook wants to make real sure they know what your phone number is. They ask me like every third time I log in. Yep, and they, mm-hmm. they want a multi-factor authentication. And all of that is then translates over into bots. So essentially what you do is you're getting almost 100, not always, but almost 100% clean data. Um, that you're then able to, you know, parlay into into other things, and kind of like what you're talking about with the um, with the, you know, being on the fishing channel or whatever. Yeah, you don't you don't want to have pre roll of YouTube ads for Ryan Hanley's podcast or anything, right? You don't. Who, you don't, who does? Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to, nobody wants to compete with that guy. Uh, but a lot of agents, especially when you get into like Facebook ads, if you hold ask, on a second, does Hanley even do a podcast anymore? Or is he just live in the gym and the in, in punching the heavy bag and jumping rope? 
I, d- I was on his podcast very recently, so I can confirm. Okay, still, good. <laughs> still, still a podcast. But if you went into any Facebook group and said, in an insurance Facebook group and said, hey, do Facebook ads work? 95% of the people are going to say no. Try them. They suck. Terrible. Awful. You know, whatever. Look at my closet, CJ. Let me yeah, tell no you how shit. well they work. <laughs> I, I buy any, like, if you looked at the at my possessions my in hat. life, I would be willing to bet you a large majority of the things that I buy are directly from my Facebook ad. Especially, especially stupid shit, too. Yeah. Like that that lemon bought, outfit that I wore I in just, Key West. That's right off of Facebook. I just bought a, I just bought a shirt the other day. That's like the it's it's like the. Um, I'm really tickled by this man. I really hope funny, the punchline dude. delivers. No, for me it's good. It, it's like it, it's like the template for Bath and Body Works, but it says Back and Body Hurts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I just thought it was great. I'm going to call Dr. Rick for an intervention for you, man. I'm calling <laughs> Dr. Rick immediately. Uh, you are turning into your parents. You're going to wear it. an ankle bracelet next. <laughs> I, uh, I I have the, I bought an icy breeze cooler off TikTok. Same same thing, right? Same. But what I, I say all that to say, agents say it doesn't work. But the reason it doesn't work is because the creative and the copy, so the image and the text or whatever, the video, whatever they have going with it is too generic. Right. Like you can't nail it down to speak to the people that you want it to speak to. So by doing by doing by knowing these people, we're going back to this example, by knowing that this 400 people are all interested in watercraft, we can tailor what ads we're running to them to fit the things that they're interested in. And because we're targeting the things that they're interested in, they engage better with the content. Right. And so that's the that's the whole the whole genesis behind it the reason that, that we do it that way and we try to segment up these audiences is i want to learn enough about you so that i can run ads to you about things that you care about it's its simplest form when you talk about like copy and how things are set up it's interesting because there's all the different trends you see on on reels and tiktok and instagram uh, or shorts rather is what i meant to say instagram tiktok shorts all of that one of the ones that intrigues me now and I'm throwing up a softball for anybody that's willing to do the work to do this, but they'll play the, the, it's a, it's a screen split. It's either top or bottom left and right. And you'll see the one person doing whatever it is that they're like, it could be a funny video. It could be a song. I've seen those. (laughs) And then you, and then you've got the person who's over there just giving their reaction to whatever it is that's on the video and I'm, I can only assume it's because that, well, that guy's watching that thing intently. Maybe I should go see what he's looking at too. Maybe it gets watch times are up or not. But I was just thinking about the whole thing you were saying with boat insurance. How cool would it be if you actually did like some TikToks or, or reels in that style where you've got somebody else who's not you by definition, that is somebody else. Uh, but, anyhow, <laughs> but you have somebody else that's basically making a incorrect statement about insurance or whatever and you're on the other side of the screen given the like or whatever and then you can give the right answer at the end right 100%. like i think that I, would be highly effective i think it would highly be too. i don't think middle market companies do it but i bet person lines people would look at that all day long oh yeah sure and i've actually done some similar ones to that um i'm a 
I'm one of those guys that I got lucky on TikTok. I was on TikTok really, really early. And therefore, uh, I got a bunch of views really, really early <laughs> and was able to build up a pretty good following pretty quickly because I was one of the only ones there doing it. Um, but I've done some of those where there's like, you know, an expensive TV falling off the wall. And then the guy's like, you know, I got to call my insurance. And I'm like, hang on. You know, I'm on the other side of it. Like, OK, here's how this is actually going to play out um, from a claims perspective. So that is a and that video did really well. So, I mean, I, I think you're on. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely yeah. do that. Absolutely. So what are you doing to navigate the hard market, man? I mean, <laughs> uh, it's fun, man. Besides I'm, holding I'm gonna, on with in white knuckle riding it. Yeah. You know, I, one thing I'm blessed to be in Tennessee, right? Tennessee for the last few years has been a really profitable state uh, for most insurance carriers. Um, so we um, haven't felt it as hard as, as other, other places, but um, to say that we're not feeling it at all would be an absolute lie. Uh, on the personal line side, you know, you got carriers doing all kinds of different things with with payments and down payments, and man, you just have to have to shift how you market, right? Um, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Like we, I actually have a post right now. You could go pull it up if you wanted to see it. It's uh, you know, we have a, a carrier, one of our primary carriers that changed how they do down payments, right? And instead of doing like monthly installments, like you got to give. 41% down or something like that. And then five installments or whatever. And the reason they're doing that is they're trying to raise cash. Um, you know, and most of the agents I see in the Facebook groups are like, well, that ruins it. I can't write with this carrier, blah, 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 but whatever. You just have to pivot. So what I did was I made a post and I was like, hey, me and my team were arguing internally about how people pay for their insurance. If they pay more people pay for it monthly or more people pay for it in full every six months. I was gonna say the agents that don't that are complaining about that aren't selling the pay in full discount to begin with. 100 100%, 100%. So basically what I did though is by doing that, I have you know dozens of people commenting on there. I pay monthly, pay whatever. It's just a bunch of my prospects raising their hands going, Hey, I pay in full. Yeah. Okay, cool. Me, yeah. you should yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. now I know. And so just it, it agents. You know, they, they want everything to stay exactly the same. And when it shifts in any way, shape, form or fashion, they think that the sky is falling. Um, me personally, hard market. Let's do it. I'm good for it. Let's uh, let's navigate it, make you better because you'll come out the other side with new tricks that you didn't have before you came into it. I think the other thing is one of the reasons why agents I know I'm going to get get lit up over this one. It's fine. One of the reasons why agents are having a hard time navigating the hard market is because they don't understand how insurance really works. And yes, I just said agent. I didn't say consumer, prospect, whatever else. Hear me out. When's the last time anybody took their con their continuing ed seriously, right? Like you see it all the time. I, I, I'm in all the different groups and you'll always see, oh, just knocked out my continuing ed for, the, for next year in 17 minutes on whatever website <laughs> it is. It's like- yeah. Please keep posting that and having other people follow suit because you make it way more easier for me who takes my continuing ed seriously and actually reads on this stuff to go out and write business against you in the marketplace. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. They're giving so, you things that are changing <laughs> to talk it, about. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's insane to think that agents don't take their job more seriously. And I'm being dead serious when I say And they don't take it seriously. That's what blows my mind. Correct. And here we are, you know, I know what I pay for E&O insurance. I know what my deductible is. 
I don't want to pay either one of them. I don't want to pay the premium. I don't want to pay the deductible, but I do because it's effective risk management. Could you imagine what our E&O premiums would look like if our carriers required us to turn in transcripts for like continuing audited ed, the, and, then, yeah, and then audited it by doing you know, pop quizzes with your staff over the phone to see if they really understood very basic things. Or if you, fair, or fair if you weren't able to retake the test after you failed it four times in a row, just immediately over and over and over again on, <laughs> yeah, on the CE. Missed yeah. three the first time, two the second time. Now we got to figure out the one. What, you got, the you right got a 90 day suspension coming for failing your ethics on your CE. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Which, yeah. which, by the way, I don't know if you if it's that way there. In Tennessee, we have to have 24 hours every two years, and three of it has to be ethics. But the the ethics ones are always the ones that crack me up because I, I don't know. Because it's like, like the most common sense stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's like, like dude, how Rose could you... paid $80 for her premium, but the agent put it in his personal checking account and bought golf clubs with it. How did, <laughs> yeah. he, how did he act? Ethical uh, or uh, like, yeah. I just like... Y'all can take that's why they don't take them serious because the courses some it's a trick question. They didn't tell me what kind of clubs. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Cali, it was fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously, right. seriously, man. Uh, but yeah, and it's funny you brought that up. I just had to do my CE and I took mine seriously. I did wait till the last minute to do it, but I did take it seriously. So let me ask you this. I mean, you, you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. And I remember seeing this. I know you were pretty pumped up about it and posted about it on social, but you bought the agency away, you know, from your mother. How how has that changed your outlook and in, in what your day looks like compared to what you were doing before? Oh man! Uh, so first of all, my mom was a freaking rock star uh, in, in insurance, and I was blessed to get to to watch her, you know, operate for a long time. Um, I I think she's where I get my tech stuff from. Um, people don't believe mm. me when I tell them this, but like our agency has always been super forward leaning on on the technology side of things. Um, we went paperless in 2006. Like we haven't had paper in paper files since 2006. Um, you know, like it's just, just always uh, things like that. So I say that to say, over the last you know four or five years, she knew that she wanted to retire, so she was kind of going ahead and letting me have the reins for probably the last. I, I would say the last four years, she's kind of just been like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" and just kind of you know guided was mentor, more of a mentor role and let us let us roll with it. So honestly, not a lot changed um, once I once I purchased the agency, um, but it's um, uh, it's been it's been cool, man. Getting to work with your mom, I think I. I think I uh, commented on uh, one of your videos once. I, I love the, uh, what do you call it? The carpool closer. Is that it? Yeah, I got to get some out, man. I was traveling so much. I didn't have a chance to get any recorded and we ran out. I got to, Grayson and I were batch recording on the way to and from, um, mm. you know, the yeah, last, couple of, last couple of days. But, it, you know, it's, um, man, I can't believe how many people watch that, actually. So, I hear so about the reason... The the reason it hits so hard for me personally is that like, dude, when I was, I got into insurance full time when I was 20, but I got licensed when I was 18. And so I started in the agency full time when I was 20, but I still lived at home, dude. I rode to work with my mom like almost all, all, all the time. And those times were awesome because like we don't, my mom and I have always talked business. Like that's all, like uh, that's both of our hobbies, if you will. So these conversations that you guys are having, I'm like, dude, I I feel like I'm riding to work with my mom watching these because <laughs> this is literally like flashbacks for me uh, of that. But he's going to learn a ton from that. He's going to be a weapon. Y'all better watch out. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that's also really great content for you guys to be putting out um, as well. Well, and yeah. it's simple too, right? I mean, it's something that you guys would be doing anyway. Just hold the phone up and record it, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, just just video. I I wasn't smart enough to do that that part. Well, so here's the real here here's the other sort of behind the scenes of that. The other thing I'm going to do. There's two things. Number one, when we get to 183 the hundred yeah 183 videos, I'm going to ask the questions, and Grayson has to answer. We just okay. haven't gotten to 183 yet. What's what's the significance? That's where I was coming. That, coming because that's half. That's one more that because I can't do 182 and a half, and I'm trying to get to half of 365. Oh, okay, because I got you. Because when we get 365 done, I'm going to take, and we've already been doing this in the background. We're going to have every single one of those transcribed into the written word. And my next book is a daily sales reader directly from. Carpool closer. So oh, salespeople will be able to go in and read the question. Then they'll be able to to get the answer. But I'll I'll add to the answer as I go. I'll give them more in a book than I would. But I want to keep it to literally like a one page one page yeah. thing for three hundred and sixty five days. And then if they want to expand to more or whatever, have an associated website where they can click and go get premium content or whatever else that way but that's really what i the path that i'm going with that because we're already nice. creating the content we can make so many other things with it you know it, it's it's crazy do yeah. you, you guys edit the video or do, do you have somebody that does that no grayson does he just quick well actually no my uh middle son landon does those he does all the carpool closers so okay. he does all of the um all of the transcription and graphics and all that stuff that's Sweet. awesome you got your yeah. own little marketing team you're, you're running there. <laughs> we, we do. We got a couple of VAs that help with that stuff as well. So it's, um, you know, that's the number one thing, man. It's not the creation of the content. It, I tell people this when I speak all the time. It's not the creation of the content that's the problem. It's realizing you're creating content literally every time you're having a meeting or a conversation and then having a way to capture it. 100%. Just like our Otter AI things that keep trying to get into the podcast while we're recording it. <laughs> when I do when I do the killing commercial calls, I let it in because now it gives me a breakdown of what, you know, the timestamps, the keywords, all of that stuff. And if I'm running light on content, I can go use Otter to find that three paragraph section where I went off on a topic for 10 minutes and I can pull that out, turn it in. I can find it in the video, edit it, turn it into an episode of Shop Talk chop it up, turn it into a blog post, any number of other things. It's not the fact that we don't have content. It's the fact we don't capture the content we are creating. 100%. Again, COVID changed that for a lot of people when they when they were comfortable meeting over Zoom. Think about how many agencies changed because you're meeting with somebody recording it and you can go back and review that meeting. When you go into a new business meeting yeah. in a middle market company, you don't get a second, you don't have the ability other than by memory to rewind. What if you take that same video and you put it up for everybody in sales meeting and you get feedback from your account managers and CSRs? They never see what happens at the point of sale for the producer. A, mm -hmm. they may That's get a little, they may get a little more sympathetic to what it's like. But B, they're also far more thorough in most cases, and they're going to find things that maybe the producer missed that they can then share if your culture's right, and the producer gets better as a result. I mean, I just think there's so many wins 
that came out of the changes and how we meet with people and how we can use that to make ourselves better, you know, we're golden. It COVID made us more efficient by far. Uh, a lot yeah. of people don't, don't realize that, you know, it's a, uh, uh, Otter, by the way, pl- free plug, no free ads, right? Otter AI is fantastic. I, I use it. I use it as well. Um, big fan. It also like grabs the key, like key points of the meeting. Great. Yeah. It summarizes it into a nice document. I run anything that I record on zoom. I run through it period. Like I've got whatever the Mac daddy subscription is. Every producer coaching call. I run through it because you never know where that next great idea that you have or that good piece. I don't always give the same pieces of advice or say things exactly the same way from one time to the next. And I mean, I can tell you just having the ability to go back and even review that stuff myself is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, and I got you into my, my favorite topic of the AI. We yeah. haven't even, we haven't even talked about that. No, lay, lay it out, man. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a big I think this is kind of, you know, we kind of talked about chatbots for a while and, uh, you know, chatbots was one of those things that I felt like kind of set our agency apart for a long time. And then the industry kind of caught up. I feel like I I feel that same vibe with some of the AI tools that are out there. Um, I know that there's a lot of agents that are, you know, scared, scared of it, if you will. Um, You shouldn't be scared of it. It's just going to make everything more efficient and make you better, hopefully make you better um, and faster. You know, there's there's a lot of things that you can do with some of these AI tools that are just mind boggling um, that you just didn't have the ability to do years ago. And it's just going to make you be able to be that much more profitable because you can get more work done faster. Yeah, I also think that you can be more accurate in what you do and not, you know, not go into meetings from a sales perspective, go into meetings and things unprepared. I actually talked about this um, on the new producers call for killing commercial earlier today. And I said, I think that what the progression is that we're seeing right now is you've got a lot of agents that'll go in for a new business appointment and they may go to chat GPT and they may say something like I'm going into a precision machine shop that does 20 million a year in revenue in St. Petersburg, Florida, going to meet with the CFO what are the things from an insurance risk and risk management perspective I should be concerned about and get ChatGPT to spit you out a laundry list, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can do all kinds of stuff from there. You can take each one of the bullets that it gives you and drill down and create content around that and push it out or whatever. But I also think that we should go back in and say and, and look at ChatGPT from the CFO's perspective that you're getting ready to meet with and change mm-hmm. the query to hey, I'm getting ready. I'm the CFO of a $20 million precision machine shop. I'm going to be meeting with insurance agents about our renewal this week. What are the questions I should be asking to make sure that I'm not missing anything in the meeting? And it'll spit out the list of questions for the CFO. Now, CFOs may or may not use ChatGPT, but what I can promise you is if they do, I'm going to know their questions before I walk into the meeting. And I'd rather take five minutes to look at that study and make sure I have answers than walk in and get caught by something I didn't expect. Well, yeah, it's that too. I mean, and it it speeds up the whole process, right? Like, so I think about when I used to sell office supplies and I would walk into businesses and by the time I had, by the time I had sold to 10 or 15 churches, I kind of knew what to look for, what, um, a lot of times, like what printers they would use and, and that sort of thing, um, different types of paper, cardstock and all that, but it took time to build up 
that knowledge and also to understand just the different needs that they may have and the different objections that they may come with. So using using that feature for the, with chat GPT that you're talking about from the reverse side of things, like the decision maker side of things, I mean, you, you cut, <laughs> you, you, you cut your time in, I mean, in, in a fraction, right? Like, I mean, that, that's, I think that's something that people probably have. I know we talked about it like last week on whichever podcast we were doing, but um, that is a, that, that that's a very, very good, good idea. Well, there's a lot of AI things too that are out there like um, RAC analytics, for example, where they're capturing phone calls and then they're transcribing it into the written word and they're using that to identify oppor- missed opportunities for cross-selling and, you know, they call it uplift premium and all of that other stuff. But I mean, I think about like how much could we, how much content could we create for the agency or how much could we learn if we were doing the same, if there was a way to take your phone calls that your staff is having and and move it into Otter to automatically transcribe so that you can have a recap of that or create blog posts from it or whatever else. I mean, it, it, you're getting to the point now where a lot of these tools are so sophisticated that the people who were on the cutting edge that had the really cool stuff. It's no shade to anybody who was on the forefront of this, but it's like anything else in tech, man, you got to constantly be pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope. There's a lot of stuff out there that out of the box works that if you just know how to connect everything together or you figure out how to connect everything together, you don't need to go buy a product that works out of the box anymore. And you can probably do it for free or next to nothing. So, so it's funny you bring that up. It, actually, it's funny you bring up the example that you brought up. Uh, so we we actually do that. Uh, I dropped a tutorial for this, uh, I think on Twitter, like a couple of weeks ago about this. But essentially, um, OpenAI, so that it, for those that aren't familiar, that's who owns ChatGPT, has another product called Whisper. And what Whisper does is it transcribes audio. And what's cool about that is you can use a tool like Zapier, um, has access to Whisper. So, you know, you can take your Vonage phone system or whatever your VoIP provider is, um, have that be the trigger, have any time a call happens, it takes the recording, sends it to Whisper, Whisper transcribes it, runs it through ChatGPT, summarizes it, sends it to the person that was talking, identifies any sales opportunities that were discussed, puts the key, key takeaways of the call together, And then it also can monitor tone so that it can say, okay, this customer seemed like they were happy or this customer seemed like they were angry about something or frustrated or whatever. And then like in our case, if the, uh, the tone of the call was, had a negative connotation, it also notifies the manager of the, the employee that took that call. So that way that person could go, okay, Hey, we had something happen on this particular call. Let's look into this a little bit further. And, it costs nothing. Mm. Well, I'm back up. It doesn't cost nothing. It costs an open AI subscription of, you know, whopping $20 a month, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever, exactly. whatever that they, they charge. So it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I'll yeah. Love that's it. it. That's interesting. Yeah. It's called whisper. It's there. It, it's yeah. Whisper. I don't know why they call it that, but that, that's what it is. But they, what, other, uh, what other kind of cool AI stuff are you seeing? Man, there, there's a lot out there. Um, you know, stuff that we're playing with. Um, I think, you know, to me, it's almost like um, the coolest stuff, in my opinion, is using things that we're already using and adding an AI spin to it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I dropped this the other day. Um, 
you know, and I don't know if this is good or bad or scary or not scary, but, you know, we have a, we have a online MGA for life insurance where, you know, you can go online and, or I can send somebody a link and they click it and it's self-serve, right? So they go through and they, they pick all their, you know, their coverages and how much, you know, death benefit they want and all the things, and then they can buy it online. Well, by adding ChatGPT to that, we can take that a step further. And now what happens is the, AI recommends a coverage level for them, justifies why it's it's saying how much coverage they need, and then explains it all to them and sends it to them in an email. And so Hmm. our our lead forms, instead of sending them to that MGA's page where they're putting in their info, we send it to our own lead form and they're giving us, you know, their name, their phone number, their email, you know, annual income, debt, all the things that, that you would need. We take those parameters and run it through ChatGPT and say, hey, based on these parameters, how much life insurance does this person need? Boom. Then we can run it through an API and actually quote that amount. Boom. And then we have it create an email to sell it to them and it sends it to them. So basically um, from the time they hit submit on the form, they have you know a well-detailed out email with analysis of how much life insurance they should have, a quote uh, that they should, uh, the quote for the premium that they should have, and then all the reasons justifying why that coverage is what they should do. And it happens in seconds. It's wild. It's crazy, man. Wild. Hurt, hurt, like hurts my brain a little bit to think about, honestly. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. You can, you can know for a fact that I'm not. If you went to my Facebook page this second, here's both of my hands. I'm not doing anything. There is a little screen, literal screenshot of this podcast, and my my um, status says my head hurts. That is all. That's it, <laughs> See, That's it right like, now. It's right there. I'm trying to keep up with you guys, and I'm like, okay, man, I'm like about to pass out. Well, again, it goes back to the comes back to the you know playing with with that particular niche or whatever. But I I have a lot of agents that that. I'm I'm a reverse engineer. Like that's my brain works that way. So like when I see some like a tool somewhere that somebody's talked about or theorized, my brain works into how can I make that but make it for free because I'm cheap. <laughs> so I, how how can we how can we make that make the uh, I always tell people I make the poor man's version of stuff. So yeah, but it works out. It's fun. But open AI uh, AI in general is going to be a game changer if agents will use it. That's the yeah. That's what there's just, there's so much use case. And I think the biggest lesson that I would want to give anybody is, look, it's not a search engine. I mean, you can certainly use it to search stuff, but it'll actually come out and tell you, hey, I'm not, <laughs> if it's something outside the parameters of what it does, I just, I think it's, again, it goes back to, you could tell everybody about it. And some people will get on there and they'll play around with it. But when they realize you actually have to put some work into understanding your prompts and, how you you got to you got to teach it first, teach right? It, speak yeah. to it and all of that stuff. They're gonna th- nope. Which goes to the point, you know. I've heard multiple people multiple people say this. AI is not gonna put agents out of their job, but agents who use AI will put agents who don't out of their job. I believe that one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's uh, I don't know where you get the quote, but I quote you all the time, David. I don't know if this is actually your quote. That was from Je- that was from I will tell you that quote came from Jeff Roy, and and that the what is it that I'll let you I'll let you give it so I don't mess it up. No, the one I just said was from oh, Jeff. Roy. I, I quote you I on the insurance industry is full of C players. 
No, that was Lowry Baldwin, the guy that recruited me that that um that recruited me to come into the insurance industry. And that was his that was his thing. He said, insurance industry is full of C players. It's a bunch of people who are average and don't want to be more, don't want to be less. They they do enough to to earn what they want to earn and have a great lifestyle. But if you're an A player, you can come into this industry and dominate. That was the speech that I got that got me to come into the insurance industry. And that and that is true to this day. And that's why I think like, you know, things like hard markets make me excited because I'm going to say, okay, all these people that got in it because it was the easy money, quote unquote, throwing air quotes on that uh, easy money, this will weed them out. Mm, you know, And yeah. so moving forward, we'll have a, a cleaner path, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too, man. It's, it's interesting. It's certainly been a major, I mean, I, I've made the comment and then I stopped and I need to retract making the comment in the past. I always said that I felt like the 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 emergence of chat GPT specifically in the, the AI that surrounds that is the greatest transformation in tech since the internet itself. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. I don't think we can skip over the development and prominence of social media. Like that's a pretty big deal too for me just to make that argument, but I think when you get into nuts and bolts of how things work. Yeah, social is great from a distribution platform and content consumption standpoint. But I still think like just the 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 endless possibilities. And I mean, we're just talking about the tip of our finger here, man. It's not even I was going to say the the difference is how how much more intuitive it is. That's that's what's going to have the bigger impact. Like obviously social media has had a huge impact in a number of different ways, but this is um like I said, making my head hurt. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it does. It's just it'll be crazy to see where it goes. Well, listen, we've been going for wow, almost an hour. Yeah. Um, what did we miss, man? I don't think we missed anything. We, I think we blew some people's minds. Hopefully, maybe at least, at least motivated them to at least look into some of this stuff. Right? You did. I, I don't know what I brought to the table today. I, I definitely didn't do anything. What we know about what what we know about you is that you buy things from Facebook. That's I buy all. all sorts of stuff from Facebook. All the things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely remember that and run all my trinket ads to my widget <laughs> ads to you. Do it. And I'll buy that shit. <laughs> you know what? You know what's uh, you know interesting, man, is literally um, how much money you can make drop shipping. Not that we need to take this podcast that direction, but I mean, you see all these ads. I mean, 99% of the crap you see in your feed, if it's not from like a major brand that you know, it's coming from somebody who's going to what I don't even what's that site, Alibaba or whatever. Alibaba, yeah. Yeah, they're buying some, you know, they're buying these thousand count lots of like just ridiculous stuff. That stupid thing I was showing you earlier, Kyle, of the the men's girdle that you wear to slim your waistline by like four or five <laughs> inches or whatever it is yeah guaranteed that is some sort of a drop ship product where those people bought that they set up an e-commerce site and boom hey yeah that actually just before we before we get off here i think somebody told me that you had mentioned this somewhere about giving like clients books or something like that as a, as a giveaway was that you might have been somebody else mm -mm. I'm going to tie this in for you. So Chad GPT also has plugins for everybody that looks into that. And there's one on there. It's called stories. And it is my new favorite uh, plugin for marketing uh, drops. You can go in and give Chad GPT a general outline of, of a story. Like 
There's an insurance agent named David Carruthers, and he is a superhero because he saves middle market businesses money on their blah, whatever, right? You write out, the, you write out this thing. ChatGPT will create a storybook on a, with a children's book. I've done it. About mm-hmm. you. And then it will illustrate it and you can buy it and it's 26 bucks and they'll ship it to you. They'll print it and ship it to you. So what I did was a little bit different. I, I went off of my buddy, Josh Gurley, who is a huge trade show guy. And okay. he like his whole thing, his whole theory is that whatever you hand out at a trade show should be something that a, the five or six year old will play with because that's who ends up with all the crap we get at trade shows anyhow. So <laughs> get something branded that's going to a five or six year old to play with and your brand will get into these people's houses. And from a brand awareness standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. So I was sitting here one day screwing around and I'm like, I'm going to test Gurley's theory from a little marketing project and see what happens. So I sat down and um, started messing around in chat GPT and basically ask it to write me a, 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 a children's book about an, a worker who got injured in a factory in a small town in America, but was able to get back to work and everybody won in the end because the company had a return to work program in place. And it spit out this once upon a time in factory land, USA, blah, 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 blah. And then I went over to Dolly and had Dolly create the art to illustrate the children's book. And it's at the printer right now, man. I'm going to take that book to places like doctor's offices or auto services places, anywhere where parents are with kids that they have to sit and wait. And the kids are, you know, when I was a kid, it was the highlights magazine that we would, we would mess (laughs) with, but, um, I want to see if I can infiltrate middle market that way, man. If I can get the CFO of a company to read a children's book to their kid about Manny, the injured worker, and it ends up being like, I get a lead off of that. That's my greatest win ever. I don't even care what size the account is. You know what? I I don't think it's going to be that outlandish that you get leads from that. Because I don't think so either. It goes back to what we were talking about. It's completely different. Nobody else is doing it like that. And that's the, that's the, so yeah, anyway, for people listening, stories does something very similar to that. And you, and you can order, uh, you know, copy the book, but it'd probably be cheaper to uh, get somebody locally to do them. than if I was going to do one book, your way would make sense, but I'm going to buy 500. So yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. I like get a local printer to do it instead of, instead of that makes yep, sense. hundred percent. Well, listen, we've been going for an hour and we got an, we have one more on deck before we wrap up the day. So I'm going to go ahead and let you run, man. But it's been a good hour. I really appreciate you taking time to come hang with us. Yeah, man. Wish you nothing but the best, man. Your name's on the door. So if you need anything, let me know, man. I'm happy to help in any way I can. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, brother. See you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.